Hello, Mr. Roger Lovers. And those just wondering what the hell doing Mr. Rogers is. Um, you have your hosts, Megan and I here. And like every week, we have each watched an episode of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And we will spend the next riveting and life-changing 30 minutes of your life and ours discussing all the very adult wisdom and thought-provoking thoughts. Thought-provoking thoughts, there you go. These surprisingly adult, relevant episodes deliver to us. This week, we'll be discussing Mr. Rogers Talks About Sharing from 1997 and the episode Mr. Rogers Talks About Day and Night from 1983. You can find links to our episodes on our website at doingmrrogers.com. And today, I will go ahead and start if that's all right with you, Megan. Please, shoot. Let's go, Kim. <laughs> well, I'm going to start with the end um, just because it's on the top of my notes. So we'll go there. Um, which is, it was every once in a while, right? He repeats lots of things in his episodes, um, all good things, right? Positive messages, loving yourself, um, caring about each other, so on and so forth. Um, you know, I just occasionally sort of, some of it sort of sinks in, um, and one this time was his end song, right? And everyone knows this song, right? It's such a good feeling to know you're alive. It's such a happy feeling, the feeling inside, um, yeah, there you go. For my singing, I'm an awful singer. I have an awful voice, but no, anyway. that was great. I got to say, it's really great. I wanted you to keep singing. <laughs> That's nice of you. Um, well, for everyone else who didn't, I'm done. But um, it was just this. You know, he he says it's a good feeling to know you're alive. It's a good feeling that you'll 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 have another day. Like you know, he talks about what does the song go? Um, you know that. Tomorrow, you're looking forward to tomorrow. Tomorrow, we'll do this over again. You'll get to whatever, look forward to it. Anyway, for me, it was just one of those things like that kind of realization hit me. I was like, you know, how many times do I go to bed or end a day being just happy the day's over or like, ugh, like, and not really looking for the next day. You know, a lot of the times when I don't sleep at night, it's because I'm, I'm not even wanting the next day to come. I don't want to deal with whatever it's going to be. If today wasn't a good day, I don't want to risk tomorrow being a bad day. Um, but this was just kind of like this reminder of like, no, but every day really is a gift. Every day is this thing of like, you're still alive. What are your other options? Be dead, not have any tomorrow. There's always a good spot and a bright spot in any day. Um, and it was just one of those things that was like, you know, maybe I'm a little melancholy today, but it's like, you know, get your head on straight and, and, and look forward to the next days you're alive. Like that alone is fantastic. And tomorrow being a day that you get to look forward to the rest of today is going to be great. Even if I've got crap I got to do, like I'm alive and I'm doing it. I have the opportunity to laugh and to enjoy it or just accomplish things and same with tomorrow. Like no matter what today brought or tomorrow will bring it's like it's still just I want to be happy to just be alive and get that extra day I feel like that's something a lot of us really feel and appreciate when we lose people close to us and we're like we just have to remember you never know if you know you never know when someone's going to go or if you have the next day so appreciating be grateful for the day you have and looking forward to the next is something that we need to do. And for me, a lot of times that doesn't really snap in until something awful happens and I lose a loved one and I kind of realize that. And so kind of thinking that, I don't know how we sink that into our heads more. Maybe it's from you and me and 
maybe others listening to Mr. Rogers every dang day who <laughs> and we finally get it. Um, but yeah, that's a beautiful thing. And I think especially now during the COVID pandemic, when a lot of us are locked down and life has kind of been put on hold for many people, um, it's kind of hard to have that attitude because we are like living Groundhog Day. But we still need to be appreciative of that. And we can find little things to bring us joy during the day and to be excited for the next day. Yeah, I like that. And, and I think there's just this idea of like, tomorrow's another chance at a great day, right? Even if it turns out to suck, like you still get another chance, still get another chance every day that you wake up. And it was, yeah, it's just like being happy to, yeah, feeling good to be alive. Like there's really something to that. And and that's interesting. You talk about loss. Um, I've lost a few people in my life. Um, and it is, you know, I, and you always try to find meaning in things. And actually just something occurred to me that, you know, we can poo-poo it or not. I don't really care. But um, meaning in death is that reminder, right? It is the reminder to everyone, all of us still living, that we, sh- we need to appreciate and we need to enjoy and we need to be grateful. And we, we don't need to be grateful, but it's more we just need to enjoy what we have and realize it. And it will make our own lives better and happier and more fulfilled. Yeah, I was, um, Thomas and I, my partner and I were watching a movie last night about um, a cemetery in our city that has been like totally desecrated and people for like 100 years kept reselling graves and putting bodies on top of bodies. It was really, it's really a messed up thing, but um, nonprofits come together and trying to clean it up and so people can go there and visit their loved ones. But you literally, they're talking and you're, you're seeing bones on the graveyard that as you're walking around there's like skulls and parts of teeth and I'm like these this always gets me is that we are skeletons we have skeletons inside of us and it totally freaks me out and each of you are a skeleton boo like that's crazy but it makes it made me think a lot about like wow I said to Thomas I'm like one day you're here And one day you're gone. And that is just like, my mind cannot handle that. Um, And, and I mean, part of this is like, Oh, you have an, you have a next day. And that's a very true thing and something we should be positive of and think of. But the truth is we also may not have a next day. So being happy and grateful for the day you have is part of his message too. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And I like that a lot. So true. Yeah. It's a scary, I think that's maybe, maybe that's also why we don't sort of, live in the moment as much or things like that because maybe there is something about this need to know we'll be around in the future and and so we we put ourselves there i don't really know just a thought Hmm. sorry i always make it dark i go dark on (laughs) mr rogers (laughs) (laughs) that's not true deep maybe a better word for it but i wouldn't call it dark it's real that's for sure i I think i I... (laughs) yes So another um, one for me was, this was kind of just more like a curiosity, actually. Um, You know, they were in make-believe land and they were talking about, you know, enjoying being with each other and spending time. And they started singing that song, um, I like you um, just the way you are. Like, I like you, you know, for who you are, not your stuff, not your things. And we talked about this in other episodes, which is such a great message where it's just like, 
doesn't matter what you are. It doesn't matter what you're accomplishing right now. It doesn't matter how much crap you have. Like, it's just you as you as a human being. Um, we've all got wonderful things inside of us um, that people care about and connect to. Um, but it was, it made me think about sort of the idea around spending time with people that you enjoy being with. Um, and why do you enjoy being with those particular people, right? We've all got people we end up gravitating towards versus others that we don't. Maybe in two things, like one, are we, where do you really spend your time? Do you spend your time around people that you genuinely enjoy being with? Or do you end up spending your time around people you don't? Like sometimes when you really take stock of that, it's surprising where you're putting your time and energy. I don't know. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I thought a lot about that over the last, like decade or so, honestly, um, when I was younger, I had like larger groups of friends and, um, I would kind of spread myself out thin. And, um, I don't know, over time, I just realized, especially when I was working a lot that, um, my energy is precious and who I give it to is precious. And, um, who I want to be around people that mean something to me and I mean something to them instead of kind of, the acquaintance time that has take, took up a lot of my younger life. Um, so as I get older, I could, I actually can be a little brutal in that. <laughs> I'm like, I can go a little too far. Like, no, nah, like nah, that's okay. I don't need to go to that thing. Like I should probably be a little bit more social, but um, I like investing my time in people that I'm truly close to and that we can have truly like honest conversations with, or also just people I feel really comfortable with. Like, Cause I kind of have trouble putting on a front. Like if I'm going to like a party with just acquaintances, like I'm maybe not going to talk about this thing I'm really excited about or this thing I'm really upset about or something like that. And, um, being around people that I can trust and that I'm close to, I can just be myself and they can be themselves with me too. So I don't know, the older I get, the less friends I have, but the more meaningful friendships I have too. And I'm okay with that. I'm happy about that. I mean, those other acquaintances and, and not bestie friends still matter. And I still want to give some of my time to them, but I'm not filling up space um, with with people I'm not super close to as much anymore. Yeah. yeah. I'm the same. I, I, I tend to want to spend my time with people that I feel connected with or that I'm enjoying my time with. I always struggle um, with, you know, well, I'll be totally honest and put it out there, which is, you know, I'm, well, first I am a single woman, um, over 40. Um, and you know, I haven't always been, but being that, you know, it's funny. I, it's, it's difficult because people you're connected with one, you, I feel the same way where it's like, I don't want to spend my time where I'm not really enjoying the people I'm around. I'm getting out, I'm doing things. That's good, that's all good. Um, new experiences are great, meeting new people is important. Um, but you know, so many times you wanna, when you spend your energy, like you say, or your time, you wanna spend it with people who really sort of fill you up and, and, and bring out you, know, you to a deeper, on a deeper level or who you connect with. Um, and it can be difficult as an older person um, to make new friends. And I know, um, uh, for me, you know, a lot of people my age still have kids at home. Um, but there's also a lot that have had kids, um, that aren't at home anymore or recently divorced. And it's such an interesting thing. Um, sort of this idea around trying to find friends and trying to find people you enjoy being around. 
And even right online dating is is exactly this. There, there's this group of people who who do it and like it and enjoy it, and there's this group of people who's like, I don't want to spend every Friday with someone I don't really want to hang out with because it's a new person I keep trying, and I don't know what's right or what's wrong. But um, I don't know. It's it's an interesting thing to me of this being around people you want you enjoy being around, and then this other sort of balancing it with trying to find new people in your life trying to find new friends, trying to find new people you enjoy being with um, and really where that balance is or how you go about do it. I think a lot of people my age and my situation are really um, asked that question. Yeah. I mean, just as adults, how do you make friends is a good question. I mean, we we recently moved from Chicago to Louisville and we were like, okay, my partner is super social and, you know, like, thank God, because I would just stay home all the time if it wasn't for (laughs) like we're gonna make friends and like okay how do you do that and soon enough by participating in volunteer events that we cared about we met you know like-minded people or um I don't know I don't I don't know how else we found friends. oh I um on social media asking questions about some I was asking questions about how to find um information on my home um the historical information and somebody responded and and I made a weird comment that, cool, now I can find where they're buried at and I'm going to put flowers on their grave. And she was like, you're weird. I like you. And we became friends. <laughs> uh, if, if you, I, while I still want to invest in people that are really close to me, I'm also trying to keep myself open and kind of forcing myself to be open to new relationships too that could become meaningful um, yeah. and have some kind of balance in that. But it is hard as an adult and um, – just figuring out how do you meet new people. And I'm sure a lot of people feel that way, especially a lot of single people. I I remember when I was single, I was single for, I don't know, it was like five years or something. And I was really happy being single. um, But I also really struggled with that because all my friends with partners always had stuff to do with them or they have kids or all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, we guess I better get a dog. And they (laughs) thank God I did. But um, (laughs) You know, it's like, how do you meet those people? And if you don't make an effort, you're probably not going to meet them. So for me, the answer was um, volunteering and finding like-minded people through organizations. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, for me in my area right now, I I recently had moved there and I started a meetup group and was like, let's do different things, try different things. And you, people sort of surface based on the different activities that we have planned or things like that. So so there are places um, um, to find people, but I do, and I do think there is sort of this healthy mix in your life. I think it's important to have people you connect can connect with, but I do think that those other sort of just ways to get out of the house, try something new, do something different is also important too, because it, it gets you out of your comfort zone. Right. And I'm, I'm a huge believer in that. Um, and yeah, you never know what you're going to find. Totally. Totally. So let's hear from you. How was your episode? It was good. Um, it started out the first like 15 minutes were Mr. Rogers taking us to a graham cracker factory and seeing how they were made. So that was kind of interesting. But uh, what was way more interesting was this nugget of info I found about the history behind graham crackers. So <laughs> if you. All right, let's get to this. If you allow me, it'll be worth <laughs> oh, it. I promise. So <laughs> graham crackers. They were invented in the early 1800s by this guy named Sylvester Graham. He was born in 1794, and he eventually died in 1851. He was a Presbyterian minister, Um, huge religious guy. 
he introduced the snack as part of his then radical vegetarian diet, which he also said you can't eat spices. And I think white flour was evil too. And it was all because he thought those things, um, those things led to carnal urn urges. So if you mm. were vegetarian and didn't eat spices and didn't eat white flour, it would suppress your carnal urges and it would stop what he believed to be the, the worst evil of his time, masturbation. So mm. he believed masturbation was harmful to the body. <laughs> I, I I love that this is going to graham crackers were invented to stop masturbation. <laughs> I mean, I guess I understand why Mr. Rogers didn't bring it up, but this is pretty interesting. Um, but he thought it's pretty progressive. We might see it on a future episode. <laughs> yeah, he thought it he thought masturbation masturbation led to pulmonary disease, spinal diseases, epilepsy. <laughs> insanity, oh, headaches, oh indigestion, all these things. And um, he also thought that too much of it would result in your kids dying early because you gave them weakened stock when they were conceived. So um, mm. that whole, I mean, it went like nationwide and most people thought he was a nut, um, but there were people that totally believed this and actually incarcerated themselves in his Graham boarding houses in New York and Boston. So uh, some, some of these people believed him and actually locked up and followed into, into these little institutions and followed his rules. And um, yeah, and today's graham crackers are now made with bleached white flour, which he would have hate. It would have infuriated. Oh my God, so, uh, he's not alive still. <laughs> yeah, he's been in his grave, but it's, I thought that was awesome. So next time you, you see or eat a gram, fantastic. Think story. about masturbation. Yeah. Oh, I will. Yeah. And I will say, I had to look this one on Snopes. I'm like, this can't possibly, is this true? Snopes confirmed it's true. So, <laughs> fantastic. You know, uh, that's that's the whole reason to do this episode right we could be done i feel like that, was, <laughs> that killed it you nailed it this will always stay in my head every time you see a graham cracker my nieces come over regularly and we will do um s'mores on the campfire and it's just going to be a weird mix and i'll be thinking about why we eat s'mores together is masturbation it's going to be yeah. great <laughs> maybe, maybe tell your sister keep it, maybe keep it kids. i don't know how open they are but yeah, <laughs> yeah i don't think i won't bring it up but, but yeah that's super funny oh so the rest of the the rest of the episode when i got my head out of that um <laughs> was um, in make-believe land where Prince Tuesday's mom and dad, King Friday and Queen Sarah, had left for three days to do work in another neighborhood. And they were coming back today, and Prince Tuesday was having a hard time with them leaving because even though he really liked his night-and-day caregiver, Mr. Abers, he really missed his parents. And in school, he told his classmates that he cried last night because he had a dream about a little fish that was swimming as hard and fast as he could, but he couldn't find his mom. And he was really sad for that fish, um, obviously, because he missed his parents. So his teacher asked, well, how are, how are you feeling about this all with your parents gone? He's like, I'm angry they left. And someday I'm going to leave my parents all alone and they can see what it's like. So he's all ramped up and upset. And his teacher says, well, when you go home, I think you should talk to your parents about this. So he comes home from school and his parents are back and he gives them the cold shoulder kind of, he's kind of like snotty to them. And he is also realizing he's upset that Mr. Abers, his night and day keeper 
let's just call it a babysitter. That's what it is. His babysitter is now leaving him, and he snaps, first mom and dad leave, now my babysitter's leaving. So his mom's like, wow, are you angry? And the prince says, I don't know. First I wanted you to come back, and I dreamed I couldn't find you, and I cried. And today I didn't care if you came back or not. And now Mr. Abers is leaving, and I'm sad about that. Everything's always changing. And his parents respond and say, yes, things change a lot, but there's always someone who loves you. And then, of course, in, you know, make-believe land, everything sums up really quick. And Tuesday says, okay, that makes sense. Love you, too. Um, And it's kind of... So what I got out of this, you know, what I thought was curious is how Mr. Rogers portrayed dreams in this episode. And which are really confusing things to kids and to adults, frankly, when you think Mm -hmm. about it. So, I mean, I looked up, of course, I looked up some things on dreams and learned a little, (laughs) but um, everyone's thought to dream between three to six times per night. And each dream lasts between five to 20 minutes and about 95% of your dreams are forgotten by the time you wake up, which is really disappointing to hear. Um, We still don't know why we dream, but psychologists think it's a way to help our reasoning, our problem solving, Mm -hmm. our planning, abstract thinking, and how to process complex ideas. Um, Some people also think it's a form of offline memory reprocessing, where the brain kind of consolidates all the tasks you learned and records what you did and feel what you felt that day, kind of like a computer catching up. Um, some people think it's a way for your brain to prepare for future threats to aid in survival, um, especially like in our, you know, earlier times as homo sapiens, when we always had to worry about whether a tiger was going to come get us. Um, some people think it's just a way to improve our perception, memory, thought, and language. Um, some people think it's a way to process the past and prepare for the future, and um, and then others, which I think a majority think that's just a way to deal with overwhelming or highly complex issues that would be really hard to deal with while your brain is awake. So um, kind of like your dreams are your free in-house psychologist um, helping you mm-hmm. process what your feelings are. Um, and then there's what I think dreams could be, which I uh, one, I've been watching a lot of Westworld lately. Um, during this pandemic. And I think maybe it's, we're all characters in someone's game and sleep screaming <laughs> is really just like us being plugged into a wall and charging up. Or we dream because we, we're leaving our bodies to go explore the universe and our dreams are little memories of that. So Sure. sure. So Very possible. Things, all what, these things are possible. Mm-hmm. And then it, it, you know, it, but I, I like that he addressed this with kids because dreams and nightmares are really scary. And it's like, it's like a whole different world. I remember when I was a kid, sometimes I'd be scared to go to sleep because of dreams. And I would lay my head on the pillow and be like, I don't want to go to sleep. And I would hear, if I some nights I would hear my pulse in my ear. Yeah. And it sounded like the dreams coming for me. That's what I thought. I was a really messed kid. Um, and then there's this whole other concept of recurring dreams, which I've had my entire life that I don't. I mean, obviously, to me, it seems like some obvious psychological thing. But, um, you know, what's the deal with recurring dreams? Do you do you have any recurring dreams, Kim? And what what do you think the purpose behind them are? Well, first, I'll say, you know, when I was younger, in like my 20s, I used to always interpret my friends dreams. Um, 
And so I actually enjoyed it because I, you, you can always actually, especially the recurring ones or the ones, the strong ones, they tend to like reflect some, in my opinion, they tend to reflect some kind of fear or worry or question or something that sort of like is irking you or is stuck in your head. Um, and I will say one, one of mine was, it, I think I have two actually. One is, which I've heard this from so many people, is the, you did, you never actually graduated college. Like they call you and it's like, no, you never actually finished this class. And, and for me, it's because like, I skipped like ridiculous amount of classes in college and like I did get kicked out once or twice and uh, everything's fine. I graduated from university of Wisconsin. Like it all looks good now, but like, at the time it, it was like, you know, I was just goofing off and doing ridiculous things. But um, for me, why, and I haven't had it for a long time, but I think it was, it was always this, this sort of worry that, I really am not accomplishing what I, I'm really not the person I thought I was, I am, or I'm really like falling short of something or I'm not, I'm not seeing the things I'm accomplishing or doing or something's going to go wrong or it's sort of, it's sort of all those things. But that was, that's one, that was one for me. Wow. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people can relate to that. It's like you didn't get your assignment or you failed it or yeah. it's this like expectation that, that you're well not expectation but this idea that you're not doing well enough or you're doing too good it couldn't be true yeah yeah and then here's another this will be an insight into me is it's just this and I haven't had this one for a long time but again in my 20s and part of my 30s where my teeth would like move around like they like I I would be doing whatever like just normal life in the dream and I would have to like move my teeth to be straight and then I couldn't like breathe or touch them or anything because they were so loose they just move out of place again um and that that's the whole dream I just can't keep them in place um yeah. that is so interesting because most people deal like dream about their teeth breaking and cracking and falling out which I've had quite a few times and that means like you have a lack of control but you still, have, so if that's true, that if teeth falling out of your mouth and cracking means lack of control in your life, you kind of still had some control because they were in there. They were loose, but they were in there. <laughs> well, I, I think it's like one, it's, it's, tra it's trauma before where I had braces and then my teeth went places they shouldn't after I got the braces off. And so then I had to do other stuff. Um, but I, yeah, I think it's just this, it is lack of control and it's, it's things slipping out of your control or things or something going wrong again. I think for me, that's always, you know, I'm a bit of a worrier and things going wrong. I always fear things going wrong or something bad happening. Um, so I think that's part of it for me. Um, but I, yeah, it's interesting. What about you? Do you have any recurring dreams? Oh yeah. I got this one. I hate it like even freaks me out talking about it, but I'll go for it. Um, <laughs> I just actually recently wrote about it, so that helped. But I, I mean, since I was, I don't know, since I probably was like three or four, my earliest memories, I remember this dream and it being scary. Um, I used to think, I used to not, I used to think it was from an episode where, okay, so let me tell you the dream first. I'm in my dream and there's bad weather coming and all of a sudden there's like a ton of little skinny 
tornadoes everywhere. They're kind of off in the distance. And I'm like, oh, shit, I got to take cover. There's no houses around. There's no basements. I'm searching. Sometimes I find a basement. Sometimes I just have to, like, go in a ditch. Um, And then I just hide there trying to hold my breath and make sure they don't see me. But they're actual, like, monsters. And they're calling my name. And their voices get louder as they come near me. And I'm, like, burying my head in the ditch or hiding in the basement if I was lucky enough to find a basement and then they find me, they're like, Megan, Megan. And then they find me. And I like the feeling of hot flash horror streaks through my body. Like I can feel it. And I look up at it and right before it's about to suck me in or eat me, usually they have teeth too. Um, I wake up and I'm like, I wake up in total panic. And this, I used to think it's because when I was like seven or eight, Um, I was home alone and a tornado hit when we lived in the suburbs of Chicago, pretty close nearby. And um, my mom called and she, she said, you know, get in the basement. And I'm like, okay, but I'm like, hell no, I'm not going to the basement. That's scarier than the tornadoes. So (laughs) I I stayed, I stayed, there's a lot of spiders down there. Don't you know? And I stayed up and just like looked out the window, like an idiot And the sky was green and, the tornado didn't hit anywhere, like it hit like a couple miles away, but um, I didn't, never actually saw the tornado. But I always thought it stemmed from that. But then as I got older and I, I have this like, I don't know, maybe like four to six times a year. Um, still. Yeah, still. Damn it. Still. All the freaking therapy I've had, all the books I've read, I still have this damn dream. And um, I realized, no, I had this dream as even a younger kid. So it wasn't because of that one experience. I mean, maybe it changed over time because of that one experience. But um, I think maybe the ditch, hiding in the ditch, because my mom came home. And she was like kind of covered in mud. And she's like, she's like, I had to dive in a ditch because she always told us if we're in the car and the tornado's coming, mm-hmm. get out of the car and dive in a ditch. Don't go under the underpass, by the way. That's the most dangerous place to be because they can suck you out or something. And so she actually dove in a ditch. But but the tornado was miles and miles away. So I'm pretty sure she was the only one on the side of the road hiding in a ditch. But um, it also <laughs> she's, kind of- she's four counties over. She's like, well, let's just be safe. In the ditch. (laughs) This this is like, we always called her safety mom, but it was like (laughs) to an extent that like has given my brother and I like serious problems as an adult. Like we don't step on an escalator without Mm -hmm. checking places so we don't get sucked in and die kind of thing. Um, So, you know, I don't know, maybe that affected it, but I remember I had it at a lot younger age and that damn thing still comes back sometimes. But maybe, maybe there's your answer right there. And I, and a lot of us suffer from this. Um, Everyone does to some degree, but your, your, your safety mom, my mom was somewhat the same way too, which was like, just always worry about something, always thinking that something's going to get you or hurt you or ruin your day or something. Maybe that's, that is what it's, maybe that's what it stems from is just that idea that, that constant sort of state of being where you're thinking about that. Maybe that's what your tornadoes are. It's just whatever that is, that's going to come and get you and whatever. I don't know. Well, I do think it's that heightened sense of awareness that um, comes with my complex PTSD um, that I'm always kind of like scanning and kind of aware of of what trouble's going to be next. I'm, I'm, I've been working on it for a long time and it's gotten better. But like, even this morning, it's, oh, it's funny. I was um, brushing my teeth and then I, I realized 
um, Thomas had left the one of his computers on um, the it was plugged in and it was like the light was on and he left it on the couch and I'm like oh man that's gonna cause a fire like I, I'm gonna forget to unplug it and I'm gonna walk the dog and instantly there's gonna be a fire in our living room and I'm like it's not gonna cause a fire be eco-friendly and turn it off because that's stupid to leave that on but like calm down Meg. like I'm catching myself but yeah. those scenarios those safety mom like I have turned into safety mom yeah like, I don't know kids because I'd screw them up but <laughs> I, I screw myself up now <laughs> yes that's funny well, I, I, we're, we're almost out of time here, but I, I wanted to comment on one of the things that you said that I, I got out of it and just sort of brought something else up that I just said to someone the other day. And I was like, God, I got to freaking remind myself of that crap, which was, you said, you know, thing, you know, he was upset because things always were changing in make-believe land, right? The kid was upset and the parents were like, yeah, things always change. Um, that idea of change, um, that things always change. And when things are good, they will inevitably not be good again at some point if you're lucky enough to live that long. Or if things are bad, they will always change and inevitably be better at some point. Um, and, and while it's not a great thought to think of the future when things are going good, that, you know, it won't be quite as good. I mean, things can always be good, but, you know, some someone passes away, something happens, you know, you get a flat tire, like shit happens, like, um, but it's such a comfort, you know, but, but you're at least in the, in the good of life. And it's such a comfort, though, to think about it when things aren't great, or when you're struggling, or when you're just having a bad day. You know, that, that, that idea of this too shall pass, um, things will change again. Um, it's actually quite comforting. Um, and I try to remind myself of that, but your story of, of things changing and it being both a good and a bad thing, um, that just struck me. Yeah, I like the good aspect of it is like, this, is, this isn't this is the end of the world. There's going to be a next day. There's going to yeah. be a, next, a new thing coming. Yeah, yeah. So we are out of time, though. Um, but was there anything else you wanted to add? No, I'm I'm good. This was like I learned a lot about graham crackers, and I'm pretty happy about that. I love this story. I can't wait to figure out who I'm going to tell that to next. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for sharing that, um, and thank you uh, for all your good information this time and every time, and the good conversation. And thank um, you, Kim. I always enjoy. As this is like always the highlight of my week. I love listening to you and hearing what you get from it all and it's fun to hear my voice online too <laughs> <laughs> well, well good and fantastic and I agree it always makes me think of something different think of things differently remind me maybe of things I knew before but I've forgotten um, but always puts me in a positive place um, and I do always learn new things with you so thank you for that as well um and thank you, everyone, for joining us, um, as always. And, of course, thank you, Mr. Rogers, for continuing to inspire us. Um, it really does, um, as we said, uh, make an impact on our lives. Um, and really, it's Mr. Rogers who does that. So thank you to him. Um, and along those same lines, we will leave you with a quote from him. Um, and that is, you've made this day a special day by just your being you. There's no person in the whole world like you, and I like you just the way you are. Don't forget that, everybody. Take care. <laughs>